the game on the line, you can't fold and you can't bend. Y'all uh, be playing it safe and I be going for the win. Remember back when they was doubting on the kid. Uh, now they tuned in because my game too legit. Hey, 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 welcome back, you guys, for giving AF podcast. This is a second chance podcast. Uh, thank you guys for being here with us today. I got a I know I always say that I have a super special guest, but I think that's because I do get some pretty special guests. And I'm really excited about um, who I have on the show with me today. His name is Derek Johns. He's the CEO of Dear Son. Um, when I started recording at the studio over here, uh, there was just a good group of men that were all kind of on the same journey that I that I feel that I am, the same calling. And it, I feel like it's God putting me in the lives of these men because already through knowing Derek, I have advanced what I'm trying to do on the level that I wouldn't have been able to do myself. I want to almost call it supernatural. Um, but it's also because I think that he saw um, some things in me, saw that I was real when it came to this, what I feel like I want to push. And so I guess all I'm rambling about right now is saying thank you, Derek, for very much for like seeing something in me and like including me in some of the stuff you're doing. Could you real quick um, give my listeners kind of like a quick rundown of like who you are and where you're from and your family situation? Yep, yep. First of all, man, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I feel honored to be on here. And, and yes, the, the the energy was right when I met you. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful that having an opportunity to be on your show and, and, and glad to plug you with uh, any of my resources uh, as, as necessary. Derek Johns, man, I'm uh, I'm from Virginia, 757. Most notable cats are probably Allen Iverson, Michael Vick, a few others, uh, but it's a, it's a small town with a small area. It's not really a metro uh, area like like DFW like we're in now, but uh, that's where I was born and raised. Uh, came here to Texas in 2018 after some moving around with my job. I landed here. This is what we consider home now. My kids uh, have a place to live and, and call home. Uh, the joke was my kids are from nowhere because <laughs> we moved around every couple of years due to work. Um, Married to one wife, five children. Today, today they are 19, 16, 15, 9, and 7. We got a couple birthdays coming up in December, but father of five, man. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living a part of my dream right now. Uh, as you mentioned, the Dear Son podcast, uh, part of the Dear Son network, because that's the bigger play for me, is to really create a network that helps men see themselves differently and hopefully see their brothers differently. So, kind of own for men, Oprah Winfrey Network for men is, is what I'm going for. So happy to be here, man. Let's 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 get into it. What you got? That's awesome, man. I really love that. Uh, something else. I don't even know if we ever discussed it. Do you know I grew up in Virginia Beach also? I think we kind of did. Hit I on knew it Philly. One time. I knew yeah. you might have said Virginia Beach, but yeah, so I'm from the other side of the bridge. From, from, yeah. Uh, so from my dad was in the Navy, right? So yep. he was yeah. he was stationed in, uh, I want to say, was it? Norfolk? Norfolk Amphibious Base or Little Creek? Little Creek. He was yeah, yeah. Little Creek. So I was there until I was young. I moved to Philly when I was like nine or ten. Gotcha. And then, so I would say grow. I claim Philly, but definitely had some some roots in Virginia. So that's really cool. And yeah. I definitely Allen Iverson has been like a huge, probably one of my favorite athletes of all times for sure. So that's oh. pretty cool. Um, so the Dear Son Network, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, it's it's so awesome and commendable. Um, I don't mean to when I say stuff like this. I don't mean to like say shame on anybody who hasn't been because I'm on my second marriage. But it's really awesome to see someone. Five kids, one wife, successful marriage and relationship. So I really commend you with that. I think that's cool because you're actually walking yeah. what you teach. You know what I mean? So that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and, and nothing successful I'll take, perfect I won't take. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, we figured out that we needed to work on our marriage before it was too late, and I'm grateful for that. Um, 
all credit to my wife. My wife is the life hack. Uh, she's put up with me. And uh, again, I, I figured it out before I lost the, a, 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 you know, the best thing that ever happened to me. So we're just, because we're grateful to be in this place, we're kind of sharing our experiences with others through the podcast that I do with my wife. It's called Healthy Marriage is Dope. It's the same approach as Dear Son, right? These things that I needed to repair in relationships within my family. And we're talking about it on air. That's so good because I feel like, and I love the Healthy Marriage is Dope. I actually want to get one of those shirts because I, I really think that, I don't know if it's like just the music industry or just it's like marriage isn't really glamorized like it used to be. It doesn't, it's not like a cool popular thing anymore. Yeah. And also what you said with the podcast, the marriage thing is like, if you're not investing in your marriage, then it's, if you're not investing and pouring into your marriage, then it's normally going the other direction. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like that's, we went to a marriage conference. Christy and I went to a marriage conference this weekend. Shout out to Gateway Church. Um, Montel Jordan was actually the the head speaker there and, him and his wife were on the same sort of a mission, like saying, hey, look, I know that this is how we do it was kind of a cool <laughs> thing. But like what we're really trying to do is push marriage and what's really going on and like what's real yeah. when it comes to having a successful life. Can you tell me uh, kind of your why and your purpose for starting the Dear Son Network? Yeah, Dear, Dear Son was really personal because um, so that, let me lay the groundwork. I had a great father. Great father was in the house. I came from a two parent household. Uh, it was me and my sister. My sister's five years older than me. Um, from the outside looking in, I guess, cookie cutter kind of, you know, faith-based family, uh, the ideal, um, scenario. And, and a lot of it was, but my, my father came from uh, a relationship with his dad that wasn't developed, right? His dad was around when he was a provider. He didn't talk to him, didn't really communicate. It was kind of a communicate when necessary, like pick that up or what happened there. It wasn't really a, a loving relationships in the terms of being expressive. And my father lost his father when he was, 20, between 20 and 22 years old. He went to Vietnam, had to come home, bury his father. He went right back. And he never had a father as an adult, so he was kind of navigating that space on the fly. You know, I'm sure he had older guys that he, that he looked up to, but not having that model before you, you're essentially trying to figure it out. So I was, I was somewhat of a, um, I was a very um, strong-minded child, right? I, I always ask why. That's why the military wasn't for me. I asked why too much. Um, and I didn't really care for his rules. You know, we were, like I said, we were faith-based, the religion. We were Seventh-day Adventists growing up, so the religion was very strict, right? And it was, I didn't understand it, and I, I thought that I should have a choice in in that matter. But that was my dad's house. So that was kind of the, the crux of us not, me not getting along, because it wasn't for him to get along. I was in his house. And I started to to put space between me and him. Like when I got my license at 16, he's coming home, I'm leaving. I was timing things so that I wouldn't have to spend so much time with him. And again, it wasn't because of any abuse or anything like that. I just, I didn't care for his rules and I didn't want the information from him. He come from, a, like I said, the, the generation that be seen, not heard. So he wasn't going to force the information on me. So this gap just continued to grow. I go off to college Failed miserably my first semester. I go out and get a job. All of these things that he's advised me not to do, but I just knew too much. And I get out there in the world and I realize that I need my dad. But now I'm embarrassed because I've said or demonstrated that I didn't really need him. So the, the problem's compounded. Anyway, my son, my oldest son, I have two. My oldest son was at the age that I remember not wanting to be around my dad. And that fear paralyzed me. And I started to project some of the things that I was feeling as a child towards my dad on him. Now he's not that kid. You know, he, he actually wanted to be around, but 
I knew that I didn't want to be around my dad, so I figured he didn't want to interact with me. So now we have this gap. And I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is it's happening again for different reasons, but the same result. So the podcast was really uh, God, God placed it on my heart in 2020. Um, seriously, that's not a, a trite thing to throw out. September 2020, around my birthday. My birthday is September 8th. I put the trailer up, did nothing for a year. September of 2021, I actually put up my first episode. That first episode may have only lasted 30 minutes. It probably took me six hours to do because I was just in my head. What are people going to think? And I got past it and I realized that, no, this is holding me accountable to make sure I give my son the tools that I didn't necessarily have because I didn't want them. Right. Again, it's, it's no fault against my father. And we've had a conversation because of this podcast where we talked as men and kind of aired our um, concerns about that time. And now he like, it's weird to say he's my best friend, but I talk, I, I appreciate him like never before. Right. I, I really understand what he went through, especially as a father. So that, that was the how, right. And that's why I keep doing it. Um, my passion is to make sure that these conversations are available to him. Right. And I have conversations with him on camera and off camera too. And other men that might be in different phases of life trying to navigate it. I want there to be a library of information that they can say, hey, that's something I'm struggling with. What do these guys have to say about it? That's so good, man. It's, it's really good. And I think that, uh, well, two things. One is me watching your production and the way you do things. Like, I can't picture you not being awesome at it. You know what I mean? Like I can't picture you starting out and taking six hours because you're just so smooth with the stuff that you do and the way you put things together. So like that actually gave me a little bit of hope because I struggle through some of this. You know what I mean? I get the anxiety. Oh my God, I said that wrong. Are people going to judge me for it? So it makes me feel better that you weren't perfect right away too. Sorry. I know that's kind of irrelevant, but no, I think you're a natural. And that's the funny thing. Every time you say it, I'm like, no, nah, this guy, I mean, you, you it's, it seems natural to you. Uh-huh. You got the look and you got the energy. Uh, thank you. Cause cool, it, man. that means a lot because I, I had anxiety coming up here today. Like, oh man, I'm about to interview Derek. He's so good. He's been doing this for so long. I hope I do this right. Like, it's crazy the way I can. Um, Secondly is, it's crazy how um, we can look at our fathers or other fathers and come up and like, almost like judge them in ways and not actually realize that their past plays into the fact of why they're like that. And I think that that's that's really big because sometimes we, we don't understand that's something that our, the way that our parents were parented plays a role in how, does that make sense? Yeah, that's the thing that we're, we're, we're ultimately, every child is watching their parent grow up too. Yeah. And you're judging from a child's perspective, adult matters. And if the adult doesn't understand, how does the child understand it? So you get this perspective of what they're doing and what you would do differently at such a young age. And then you have kids and it's like, oh, oh. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm responsible for other humans. That's a pressure that it's you so can't crazy. imagine. I want to tell a quick story. Um, so my dad raised us as military. Um, he never, like, I would say hit us other than, like, spanking here and there. But he was very intense, right? So, like, he would, like, veins come out of his neck when he'd be mad and angry. And he would, like, grab, you know, he would, like, grab me and kind of shake me. But never, like, hit me. Just scare me, right? Yeah. And I was terrified of my dad. Well, that's how we grew up. And then two years ago, I went home. And my dad had twins at 50, okay? So he had a twin daughter and twin son at 50 years old. So we're sitting in the living room, and my brother Caleb says something to my stepmom that was not crazy, but definitely disrespectful. And immediately I clenched up like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, I was scared for Caleb. And my dad said, Caleb, go to the other room and sit down and think about what you did. And I was like, what? 
I looked at my dad. I said, Dad, what? Like, yeah. what do you mean? He's like, Sean, it didn't, the way I parented you, um, not saying it didn't work, but it caused me stress. It caused you fear. It was, so it's crazy how like we can learn from our own parenting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to think about it, your dad had what space of time to realize and evaluate the way he parented. After you became an adult, yeah, right? not everyone gets two chances at it. <laughs> exactly, yeah, so. second chance, right? <laughs> yeah, similar conversation with my dad. And he said, he said the same thing. Like, man, like I, if you if you have an opportunity to to, if you know you erred in some way, yeah. right, and you have an opportunity to correct it, like this is my generation to to correct it. So you know, it, it it's weird, but you know, I, I think that that's good. I think it takes pride to be able to say, man, I didn't do it great the first time. And a lot of us can't. You know, a lot of yeah. people struggle with being able to say, man, I was wrong the first time, or. Or I'm wrong right now. I might have yesterday. There's things I did yesterday with my son that I should have been better at. I agree. And I think that a lot of fathers um, aren't willing to admit that or realize that they could do better. And that keeps them from ever reaching that, you know, potential of great fatherhood. That's really good because you're you never arrive. It's like, I guess it's like, like your fitness journey, any other journey of life. And we probably take it for granted. Like we think we do a couple of things. We put a, a couple of good months together, a couple of good seasons together being a father. And we think we, we got it. Yeah. But the kids are evolving. And if you're not evolving, you know, that's going to be a clash at some point. So, yeah. you know, you got to work at it. That's so good. And I even sent you guys this song that I listened to, and it talks about um, if you look at my social media, and I'm guilty of this. If you look at my Facebook and my Instagram, I'm like father of the year, right? right. <laughs> but you don't see pictures on my social media of me scrolling and my son saying, dad, dad, dad. Like, I don't post that. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, not the cool thing. It, that's not cool, right? So, I mean, I'm totally guilty of um, my social media looking like I'm this amazing father when I definitely still struggle, yeah. you know, and that's why I love what you do so much because I, I want to be, I still have, I don't want to look back and be like, dang, I wish I would have been more present for my son or I yeah. wish I would have been, because you only get really one shot per kid, right? That's it. So I don't want to, so just to switch speeds real quick. Um, you're right now making a transition from a very successful career in the corporate world yeah. to full time in this uh, Dear Son Network, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's awesome. I, it's got to be scary. I'm gonna. Uh, can you kind of explain your like your feelings towards it uh, and how you know have you had support and just kind of run with that for a second? Yeah. So the, the easiest part of it has been that um, my wife specifically, well, first and foremost, is very supportive. Um, I, I think I've, I've told the story before where I came home early in our marriage and told her I was an entrepreneur. At the time, she was pregnant with child number three. She had just put in her uh, papers to get out of the Air Force. So it was only going to be my income that was stable. And then I said, hey, I'm an entrepreneur. We're both going to be home. We're going to figure this out. So she doesn't really have a good baseline to trust me based on that one specific event. But I think I've earned some of that some of that trust back over time. Um, I, I am still understanding how I feel. Like this is... At the time of this recording, I'm three weeks. This is week three of freedom or burden, however you want to, however you want to frame it, right? It's week three of it all being on me, and I've had the benefit of knowing it was coming, right? So the formal notification. Um, I've been in government supply chain for a long time. I was able to work my way up through management into uh, the executive level. Only saying that to give context because. I got a 90 day notice. Right. And then there's a way that you get exited, uh, which is which is facilitated uh, some of the relieve some of the, the financial burden. But I saw what was happening with the company a year ago. Right. I was uh, going through some transition. We lost some leadership. I was put into a leadership position um, as the as the VP of supply chain, which gave me I call it my Ph.D. Right. It gave me insight and access to, to information and decisions. And I felt the weight of that. As I look back on it, 
um, not just specifically with that position, but that the culmination being that position, I have all of what I need to build an organization. Like I, I understand it, right? I understand what it takes. I understand processes. I understand policies and procedures. So I have no excuses not to build a good company. That's what the heaviest weight is because I don't have any excuses. Yeah. I can't point to something and say, well, I, I never, I never had this. Like this is really easy to be part of something bigger than you because there's way more pieces moving that may distract somebody from seeing your flaws. When it's team of me, not, not like diminishing my wife's role, but like, this is what I'm choosing. Like we've had the arrangement where she's been at home um, as, a, as a, you know, she's been the, the, the caregiver and the, the, the CEO of the house, right. Um, for since 2015. And even before then she came home for a period went back, but we, we moved overseas in 2015 and that was kind of the end of it because it didn't make sense. Right. Mm -hmm. We had five kids moved overseas and she facilitated their, um, their distance learning. She was like, they homeschooled. So when we came back, you know, now it's her turn to figure life out too, because her life has been on pause. That was a bigger challenge for me is recognizing that, um, that it's more to it than motherhood. Right because that had become her identity and I didn't understand it. So that, that was a part in our marriage. Like with that whole healthy thing is like, that was a test to, 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 to make us stronger because I had to step back and realize that number one, stay at home. Mom is not easy. I don't want it. Yeah. Like I'm very clear that that's not the job. <laughs> I wouldn't switch, but then how do you lose yourself? Right. Yeah. You can lose yourself in that when it's all mommy, mommy talk. And that's all people see you outside of the home. Right. So it, it like that managing that piece of it, along with trying to demonstrate um, that we're going to be OK. Um, those have been kind of the biggest challenges because they're happening in parallel. And I, I want her to thrive. And it's just an interesting time for um, us to both be trying to accelerate as entrepreneurs. So it's good because she understands it through that lens, um, like the, the like the pains of business. And um, it's also a challenge because corporate was kind of easy for me. Not that I was great, but like anything, like whatever you lift now, 50 pounds earlier was is easy for you, right? Yeah. Not that it wasn't a significant amount of weight, but you yeah. just had the, the muscle to do it. Uh, it's kind of how it was for me. So um, That's good. You know, yeah, no, that's good. I really like the way you include um, your wife's um, feelings and her like, the part that would be hard is, and I, I never really heard anyone say this before, except the way you just said it, is like losing your identity as a mom. Like when you become mommy, 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 what is your wife's name? Keisha. Keisha. You forget about Keisha, right? right? Like it's just, you almost, like as a woman, it would be hard um, to just become that mommy role and then forget about who you are by yourself. Like that, so that's really person, cool. Your yeah, whole person yeah. outside, before that, during, after, you know? I've never heard that expressed that way and it's really good. And it just more shows like the reason that you're so good at what you do. Um, <laughs> I want to kind of go into some like stuff that can like help some people that are listening to this, especially like uh, father wise. So dealing with different men and uh, coming across different things that you learn and teach with what you go across, mm -hmm. what would you say are some major issues um, that men are struggling with in fatherhood currently? Uh, communication, right? Um, choosing your words and using your words, right? We, we, many of us were ruled or raised by fear. And because we believe that worked on us, we believe that's the way, right? And, it, and we often don't take into account 
the application, right? The thing that worked on you as a child may not work on your child. So being um, aware and humble enough to understand what your child really needs, right? What they're going through, different types of discipline work. And I'm not, you're not asking for the debate, but I am a believer in discipline. I am a believer in appropriate discipline, right? And um, what works for me in my house, I'm not, I don't preach as what you should do in your house, but I realized that um, after having that conversation, especially after having that conversation with my dad, he probably would have chosen some different tactics at different times. Um, yeah, that's good. I know yeah. when I first came home, not to interrupt you, sorry. Mm-hmm. When I first came home from prison, and um, now my son was six, and I got full custody of my son immediately. And I, like, and he's going to school and starting it. Like, I just immediately went straight to the way I was parented, to the anger spanking, yep. like, type parenting, to the point where I would be, like, I would never hurt him. I, I mean, I would spank him on the butt probably too hard, but I would literally be, like, angry in it. Like, almost like, like, why, why are you... And it's something that I, I don't do anymore. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like I'm saying I think there's anything. Like, if, if you f- are the type that feels that spanking a child is appropriate, that, that's okay. I did for a long time. Right. I wouldn't even say that I'm completely against it right now. But I feel like it was more, there was something inside of me with it more than it was, like, parenting or yeah. trying to correct him. It was like almost like I was taking out, like, an anger about other stuff on my son. And I felt sick to my stomach afterwards every time. And I just realized this is not the way. I don't want my son to be scared of me. I want to be able to, to to have a respectful, loving relationship. Yeah, it, it's the um, sometimes it's a manifestation of the things that you're upset with yourself about, right? Yeah. Like if the child runs into this runs into the street and you grab and you yell at him, say that car was going to hit you, and you spank him because you want to make you want to burn that 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 into their mind that running into the street is dangerous. Well, maybe you're mad because you weren't watching them and they ran into the street, right? Yeah. And, and that that reaction happening in that moment, the child can't process that. I mean, they they kind of understand that the street was this, but what was your responsibility in this situation? Is that what you're really carrying out on your child, That's right? Because how yeah. often do we pause, go for a space of time, and then come back and still and still spank them or whip them? Yeah, no. if you can. Th- th- maybe that's a far better approach. I guess it depends on the age because sometimes sometimes justice is swift, and I get that. But if the guilt rides you after it, there's probably something in you. That drove that action. I agree 100%. And that's kind of what... So with the communication stuff, um, do you... Because you, when you said this, it made me start to think about like sitting down and asking our kids questions before we get straight into like the discipline or jump into things like asking them like... And I'm just... And this is... I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know if this is correct or not, but like say, hey, like why did you do this? Or what were you thinking when you did this? Is that stuff that you recommend? I mean, it, it's... Yeah. How, did, how else do you... To understand what they're thinking helps you determine what the appropriate course of action is. Because if they never connect the action with, with the punishment, they only see it as your punisher, you still haven't solved anything. So you need to understand, what, like, what, and I'm not saying if this is the 11th time that you told them not to do something, yeah. and I don't know what that count should be before you take another action. But if your reaction to their misbehavior doesn't actually incorporate any understanding as to why they may have done that. You've done you and the child of disservice. You've done nothing but just hit your kid that's or it. whatever. Yeah, that's, that's it. or scare right. your kid. It might right. not be hitting. It might because like there's times where I would just get too angry. Like I wasn't even. It wasn't even necessarily that I would hit him. I would just get so mad that I 
I just felt I, I don't like that feeling of feeling <laughs> sick or feeling guilty. And I don't want my son to 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 grow up feeling angry with me mm -hmm. or not angry with me, but think that I'm angry at him all the time. You know, yeah, it is reality. Once your kids are in school, first grade and, and better, maybe even kindergarten. We have the the minority stake in their attention. Their attentive hours are spent at school with somebody else that doesn't necessarily have the same care for them as we do. That's good. They come home after we've given our attention away to somebody else that we may not, you know, love or the scenario everybody feels away about work. And now we're we're carrying that into the house and that kind of informs how our tones and how we react to them because we're frustrated from something that they had no control over. And we want more control over our life, but we're not in a position to have it. So we got to keep going to work. Got to keep going to work because I got this family. You know, if I didn't have this family, I wouldn't have to go. Like you can easily slip into those di dynamics of where you're linking your frustration to the fact that this, that you brought this child into the world that didn't ask to be here and start to kind of take out some of that stuff on them because you're not where you want to be in life. That was me. It wasn't lashing out, but it was lack of attention. Right. So I'd buy stuff. I, well, no, I'm, I'm, I got to work these 12 hours so that I can get promoted and now I can, we can buy more stuff. That's a big one. That, I think I see right? that a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so like the genius of my show, if there's a genius is I'm just telling you what happened to me. It's not about me being a guru. I'm saying, Hey, this, I did this and it sucked. Yeah. It, it, it didn't go right. And as I find things that work, I'm, I'm letting people know. But I think what my platform does is it gives people courage to look at themselves and maybe start having those conversations. And if that's what happens, as if that's it, that's the win for me. That's so good. And that comes with you having to take a, a hard role of being so vulnerable and transparent. Yeah. You know, but like that's a hard thing to do, especially nowadays. I feel like that's something that I said this in a couple of my episodes before. I think vulnerability and transparency or like being real with who you are is one of the like most attractive like characteristics of a person. If you're able to I I was saying I said self-awareness before, yeah. right? Because it's just like, it's so easy for us. And when you said about the starting to just buy, buy your kids stuff, mm -hmm. like as in like here, this is the way I'm going to show my love and attention to your kids. You're taking it. Now that's a way that your kids are going to think that that's how you should show love to someone. And it's just a big cycle, right? Like one of the things that I definitely want to work on um, with my, with my wife is how I speak and treat my wife in front of my son. Um, I think there's a lot of times where I will, um, even if I don't agree with what she's saying, mm -hmm. right in front of my son is not the time and the place to let her know that I disagree with what she's saying. Because I don't want my son to then think to have an argumentative soul with the woman that he chooses to be with. So that's something that, like I'm trying to work on with yeah. that because um, honoring your wife is something that's very important, especially in front of your kids. And I think that nowadays we're just really quick to fight and argue in front of our yeah. kids. And that's something that... That's uh, good, man. One more thing... Um, how about another major issue? I know that's the communication one. Give me one more. I know you got a bunch in there. Um, forgiving their past. Mm. That's hard. That's a good one, too. Yeah, it's um, wh whether it's how you were treated, whether it was missteps you made in life, whether, like, for me, it was a lot of, uh, I think we should be more financially, we should be further along financially because I just did some dumb stuff. Right. Uh, and, that, and that may be shallow, but I'm thinking of it in terms of what it could do for my family, not necessarily having... Yeah, a certain yeah, amount yeah. of money in the bank. And and then that would prevent me from seeing current opportunities that would accelerate or, or propel us because I'm holding on to, to, to that thing. And, uh, and, it, and it pulls on a thread of communication, but like with communication, I think the challenge for, for men is 
we decide the outcome based on conversation we have in our head that never see the light of an actual conversation. Like for me, and I've said it before, I would already have the conversation with my wife in my head. And in my mind, she's not agreeing with something that I want to do. Now I'm upset with her about not agreeing with me on a conversation we never had. That's good. That's good. I do that. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Only to find out that if I actually talked to her, she, she wanted, she wanted to be informed. Yeah. That was it. Just and and it wasn't necessarily asking permission at so much as it is seeking the blessing, right? Because if if you're if you're aligned, when you see something that's important to your wife, even if you don't understand it there's probably a conversation that y'all can have that will get to a place where within reason you're, you're going to accept it because you understand that this is a thing that she needs. It, it, it may not be your, your choice or your course of action that you would recommend, but you know that she needs, she needs this thing. She needs to pursue this thing. She needs to do, have this opportunity because it's going to do something for her that you could never understand. That's good. I, be, I was terrible at that. That's really good. Because I'm logical to a fault. And and my actions, that's another one. Mind your face, fellas. Cause and I'm probably you probably can point out some screenshots while I'm doing it in this interview, this conversation. But like the way that we react um can really impact their confidence. That's so good, man. There's so many times where there's something that I want to do and I'll like I know I should bring it up to my wife and I know I should say it first before I do it, but I'm worried that there's a chance that she's going to tell me she doesn't think it's a good idea. So then I make the move and that's what caused the problem. Not the fact that she, she would have been like, Sean, whatever you do, if you feel like it's the right thing and if you've prayed about it, I support it. And I know it's like, but sometimes I'll just go ahead and make a move. And now I'm causing the conflict just because I didn't just, just become a team. Let her know, like just voice it. And then like you said, ask for the blessing. Cause they want They want us to do what's good. They want to support us. Yeah. That's awesome. What I think a better way to say what I was saying is, men don't men afraid of rejection, at a very at an alarming rate. That's good. <laughs> yeah. right? And we and we mask it with other things that look like success or look like um, making the right move because we don't want to hear we, we don't no seemingly invalidates us in some way. That's good. I'm gonna go a little bit left here on one that I think that's important with this whole sort of topic and everything, and I feel like. What do you think about with today's culture, right? And I mean overall, like today's culture, and the way there's a lot of, um, don't want to make this political, but there's a lot of movements and stuff that are actually kind of like against father figures mm -hmm. in general, right? Almost like like toxic masculinity and yeah. stuff like that, where it's almost like they want you to feel sorry for being a man and being a yeah. husband. And, um, do you have any like say on anything like that? Yeah, I mean, anything with toxic attached to it is is negative. Don't be toxic. Yeah. Right now, the, the definition is loose and people will, will call it different things. But I think there's a, a toxicity level in any relationship that can that can manifest. Yeah. Don't be toxic. You know, what I mean, do, yeah. do, do your best to understand, to be aware, to be self-aware, make the changes that you need to make in you and and demonstrate that to your family, to your family, to the world. Uh, like I don't really like the definition of of a uh, of manhood, a father of what a mother is and a wife they're all extremely important within our house. That That's where we first demonstrate that, right? What people say outside of our house, that's an opinion. That's good. That doesn't impact how, relevant, yeah, right? it doesn't impact how we, how we manage the house. I think too many times we're managing our house to outside opinions. 
And that can go for anything. So when you come in my house and you see the plates are on the left instead of the right, you may have a problem with that. It doesn't mean you're wrong for having it on the left. Yeah, That's fine. And you That's also good. don't have to eat in my house. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you don't have to come back. So, I, you know, I, I until for the last few years, I've been like aloof, like clueless to a lot of current events. Right. Like I, I try to stay more aware than that. Or well, they're more in my face now because I have, te- I have certain three teenage children, right? So topics are popping up, you know, they're on TikTok, they're on this. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't get the reference, but I like that because that doesn't, it doesn't justify, it doesn't validate how I parent or how I carry myself as a man. I, I understand what my responsibilities as a man are. That's good. It's black and white. Yeah, it's not, yeah. the media doesn't change how you need a father yeah. in your home. The only thing I can do is, is, is be consistent and consistently get better to serve my family as that man. That's per- I mean, that's the perfect response. That's really the only right one. I mean, it's just you have your morals, what you stand yeah. on, and you're not swayed by outside circumstances or events or things going on. And Correct. that's I think that's awesome. So uh, last sort of question I just kind of want to, like, wrap up with is, um, well, I have a couple, actually, but what is a piece of advice that you have for um maybe new fathers, expecting fathers, or even fathers who are kind of like realizing that they want to do better and need to do better. Just maybe like a couple pieces of advice that you have for some fathers that are just trying to get back. Yeah, man. It, it's, um, you're not going to always get it right and that's okay. That's good. But continuing getting it wrong is not. Ooh. Right. So yeah, opposed to the other day, like once you corrected the behaviors, this is something that I posted, forgive the behavior. Don't go back to it. But don't yeah. don't dwell in the fact that you didn't get it right. Don't beat yourself up yeah, over or it. Or two yeah. days ago, because reality is the situation is always changing, right? I call my children algorithms, right? It, and as they grow, they have more experiences to draw from that changes how they are in a given moment. So at any time, one that was happy, something happened, and now they're sad, and I can't I can't manage them to their happy place. I got to manage them where they are. So you just just be aware, be present in the moment. Um, yeah, don't 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 beat yourself up. Take the lesson um, and and let your children see, let your family see your growth. Don't, don't try to hide all your imperfections and then jump out and say, boom, I got it. You know, they need to understand that there's a process that, you know, that there's ownership, there's accountability, there's adjustments, right? And, and, and it's important, and they need to know that it's important to you that they understand that. That's good. Right. Yeah. Um, also new, new, new dads, man. Here, okay. Here's a, here's a, don't be dumb like me. Um, when there's a newborn, newborns wake up throughout the night, right? An appropriate response when your child is crying in the middle of the night is looking at your wife, your significant other, your child's mother and saying, one of us has to go to work in the morning. And allowing her to always be the one to get up. Help. You're saying don't do that, right? Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a don't be dumb like Derek moment. Um, that's, that's like I really, I really thought that like logically you don't have to work. The reality is that's way more work than a man can imagine. Oh, right. You get a, to go to work. I need to go to work. Yeah. That's a better perspective. Yeah. It's... Yeah. um. Seek the help, man. Don't, don't, and and even if I'm not, I'm saying that kind of in jest, but ask, 
Because sometimes it could be you think they got it, right? Yeah. Me and my wife had a conversation about postpartum impact two years ago. Our youngest child is seven. You so we even... never had the conversation about what that was. I just thought she was incredibly strong and she got it. If I give her space, she'll be fine. She didn't need space. She needed me to be there yeah. for her at different times. So eat, read the room. Maybe that's another way to say it. Um, yeah, that's good. So even when you, th- you think, like, again, one of those conversations in your head, let those conversations live and <laughs> yeah. some of them. Right? It goes back to communication, right? <laughs> yeah. It all goes back to communication. All of it. That's really all good. Of it. Yeah. I have two things that I want to um, put in there for advice that I think that has been really good. One would be, um, and I stole this from Rod, from Father Figure, um, be present, not perfect. That's Reg. Reg. That's Reg, what I meant. Yeah, Reg. Yeah, yeah, sorry. That's Rod's what I coming up too. What up, Rod? That's what, <laughs> that's what I meant, Reg, from Father Figures, yeah. yeah. Um, be present, not perfect. Like, to me, that's like the biggest, like, be present, man. Like, yeah. you you don't understand how, it's not just about going around getting women pregnant and just bouncing on your responsibilities. Yeah. Like, and it's, even if you're not with your child's mother, right? Right. Be present, man. Yeah. Be, be there. Be around as much as you can. I know that sometimes it's hard in relationships with the with the ex or the baby's mama, but you that's a blessing that you were given that child, right? Yeah. Like, don't just take that for granted. And I know that that's kind of like... And then the other one that I'm learning right now, and I'm, I struggle with it, man, is I need to let my son be who my son is, not try to manipulate my son into being who I am or want him to be. Um. And it, it's hard for me, right? Like some, like my son, there's things that he's into that I'm just like, what? Like, yeah. And, but I'm now having to learn, like, you know what? He's got so many gifts that I don't have. You know what I mean? And I need to learn how to just like, I don't know, is it is it foster the gifts that he, I don't know the exact word, but like let him grow up in the gifts that God gave him yeah, because yeah. they're not the gifts God gave me. And that doesn't mean they're wrong or that doesn't mean they're not cool. Or, and in the past I've made comments, for instance, he wanted to do band. And I made though I mean, thinking that I, I'm like, band, you know what I mean? But now he loves it and he's freaking awesome and it's cool. You yeah. know, like I just need to learn how to let him be him and not something that I expect of him. So, That's good. That's great. Um, and then the last thing I have to say on this um, before, because I want you to let people know how they can find your sure. stuff. But the last thing is, um, and again, this is not something that I'm trying to make anyone feel bad about or anything, but uh, the percentages of kids that like when it comes to suicide or when it comes to domestic abuse or when it comes to prison or when it comes to uh, the numbers are staggering about fatherless kids of how those numbers are like when that father's not around those numbers like it's crazy how how high they jump. So um, if there's like one thing that we could do to help make this world better when it comes to a lot of the stuff that we deal with, it's back to that present thing, just being there, being available, you know? Yep. Um, can you t- let my listeners know before we wrap this up, like how they can find your s- stuff? Cause it's, you have great content, like whether it's your handles or whatever. I appreciate that. So on IG, uh, and Facebook, it's the dear son podcast. Um, on Twitter, I have it. It's at dear son podcast. I have a love, hate, more hate than love relationship with Twitter. Um, uh, but IG, I am there every day, uh, on YouTube. It's the dear son podcast. And now with the new YouTube handles, it's at, Dear Sun Network. So that's a new thing that YouTube rolled out. Um, if you're on Roku, I have a channel um, like you would see Netflix or any other uh, app on there. It's the Dear Sun Network. So you can download that. Uh, it's available to the public and content is, is there. So uh, on the digital streaming platforms for um, for podcasts, it's 
dear son, comma. So it'll it'll come up if you type in dear son, comma, as the podcast itself. So Apple, Spotify, um, Stitcher, Google Play, Audible, all the places. Man. That's cool. Um, also, can you the the guy that you work with that we met here last week? What's his name? Um, oh, Forrest. Yeah, yeah, Forrest. Forrest is actually the first show that I'm producing for the network that I'm not in. That's cool. Can so, you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's called the Couch. So he has a um, he 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 has a very informative TikTok and IG channel, right? And he's a he's a young guy. I think he's 30, 31, and his perspective on life is very mature and is resonating with people. So he started doing like the reels where you upload just pieces of conversations, and then he started going live. And folks are really resonating with um, the, the way that he converses, his, his poise and um, his position on, on different parts of life. So we're, we're filming uh, an expanded format of that, right? It'll be in the same vein, having meaningful conversations about real topics uh, and going a little bit deeper into those. So it'll be uh, somewhere where he's solo, some will have guests. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. So That's I'm, cool. I love that you're pretty much producing it. Is yeah. kind of how you look at it? Yeah. So that, I never, the goal was never for me to be in front of the camera. Being in front of the camera was a, a, a byproduct of going through this process, process of Dear Son. I would much rather make people look great and tell their stories. So that's, that's where I want to live in this phase of life, is uh, just telling stories in a responsible manner that, that are meaningful. Well, that's why you're so humble. That's why I have to pull this stuff out of you sometimes because you're not going to, you know what I mean? Nah. And that's cool. That's why, that's why your personality is attractive, man. Um, I think that's really it. I think we had a bunch of good information. Again, I appreciate your time. Um, thank you very much for being here. I want to make sure that we uh, shout out that the Phillies are up 2-1 right now in the World Series. So hopefully we can get that win. Um, do you have anything you want to say before? Go Cowboys. <laughs> oh, man. No, we're going to cut that one out. <laughs> cut that out. No, but remember, you guys, um, you know how I always end this, and I want you to know that this is real, that you're loved, that you're forgiven, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.